booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. 48 degrees, fog advisory in effect this Thursday, January 5th. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. It's just embarrassing. We're the greatest nation in the world. How can that be? President Biden there saying the lack of a House speaker embarrassing following two days of failed votes to elect a new House leader. Controversial representative-elect George Santos remained mostly out of sight during Wednesday's House meeting. New York City's mayor says the Big Apple faces potential bankruptcy due to the migrant crisis. Mayor Adams blasts former mayoral rival Curtis Sliwa for offering to solve the rat infestation at the mayor's Brooklyn Brownstone. View co-host Joy Behar rips heterosexual men for supporting tackle football. Congress is still in chaos. The second day of balloting on Wednesday failed to produce the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. No strategy has been announced to solve this crisis as the 118th Congress attempts to put its house in order. A sixth ballot failed to hand California Republican Kevin McCarthy the Speaker's gavel. A nighttime meeting was called off after a dinner break. No deal yet, McCarthy said. Shortly before that, as he left a lengthy closed-door dinner, Time meeting with key holdouts and his own allies, but a lot of progress, he said. President Biden commented on the stalemate. It's embarrassing for the country. I mean, literally, I'm not making a part of this reality that, you know, to be able to have a Congress that can't function is just embarrassing. We're the greatest nation in the world. How can that be? 20 conservative holdouts dubbed the Never Kevin Group are still refusing to support McCarthy. Meanwhile, Representative-elect George Santos of Long Island under investigation and calls to step down, largely avoiding being seen in the House of Representatives chamber on Wednesday. Santos, for a second day, took questions about alleged lies about his background and only appeared during votes for Speaker of the House. A day earlier, awkward images show Santos sitting alone with colleagues avoiding him. Many New Yorkers, too, are calling for Santos to resign. Everybody feels duped. He's just a liar. How can you believe anything he says? Anybody who would be working in an organization who falsified their records, gave you a false resume, would be fired tomorrow. So why we're not firing him is beyond me. He is under federal and local investigation amid protests and calls to resign. He has not been sworn in. Congress cannot swear in members and do other things like make committee appointments and the like until a new House Speaker is in fact chosen. The ongoing migrant crisis could leave New York City bankrupt. That warning from New York City Mayor Eric Adams Wednesday, while repeatedly refusing to blame President Joe Biden's lax border policies for the crisis. Adams, who's asked the feds for a billion dollars to pay for migrant housing and services, said there were real dollar amounts tied to the state of emergency declared in October. But... When two reporters invoked Biden in their questions, his honor wouldn't even utter the name of his 80-year-old fellow Democrat. When I say the federal government, I'm talking about Congress and the executive branch 
resolving this issue of our migrants. That's what I'm talking about. And we're not going to try to simplify this to say, well, you know, uh, should it be just uh, Washington? No, we have an immigrant crisis that we can't continue to ignore. Adams remarks a day after revealing that he'd learned that Democratic Colorado Governor Jared Polis was going to be sending migrants to places like New York City and Chicago. And Mayor Adams has another pest in his life. His honor bashed former mayoral rival and 77 WABC host Curtis Slewa as an unemployed nuisance Wednesday after his former mayoral rival offered to become New York's next rat czar. Sliwa personally stepped in to put an end to the ongoing rodent infestation at Adams Brooklyn building. If he says he would be my rat czar for free, uh, I'm going to call him and I would like for him to come on board to do it. Don't put it out there if you're not willing to uh, live up to it. If you're going to write a check, make sure you can cash it. Sliwa Wednesday had floated his plan to release feral cats at Adams multi-unit Brownstone and to help the rodent problem by serving as the city's rats are at no cost. After the mayor received two new summonses for rat infestation at his Lafayette Avenue Brownstone. We've already spent millions of dollars on pesticides and all kinds of newfangled ways. What you have to do is mother nature's way. and Cats have always kept them at bay. All right, more controversy now from a View co-host. A View co-host Joy Behar hit conservatives and heterosexual men Wednesday for their support of tackle football. Only so, 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm-hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. And the hosts were discussing Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed during a game Monday night and suffered cardiac arrest and renewed calls for the NFL to make safety a top priority. Former Super Bowl champ, New York Giant quarterback Phil Simms on the Sit and Friends in the Morning program told host Sid Rosenberg he does not think the NFL will make major changes to the game following Hamlin's injury. I don't think much is going to change in the NFL. Yes, it's a rough, tough sport played by a lot of tremendous athletes. It's very physical. All these things we're talking about is why everybody loves the game so much. And an update on Hellman's condition coming up during the 77 WABC Early News. Well, influence from uh, former President Donald Trump did not result in the House electing a new speaker Wednesday. Trump had posted to his Truth social network. He worked the phones to try and resolve the crisis. Representative Ralph Norman of South Carolina said he didn't care that the former president backs Kevin McCarthy. Representative Lauren Bobart of Colorado took umbrage at Trump for working the phones on McCarthy's behalf. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that Sir, you do not have the votes, and it's time to withdraw. And McCarthy says he's not withdrawing. Trump had also given McCarthy a big public endorsement Wednesday morning, of failing to uh, swing votes, though, in McCarthy's favor yesterday. Well, the mastermind of the nationwide college admissions bribery scheme now sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Rick Singer's punishment is the longest sentence handed down in that sprawling scandal that exploded into headlines back in 2019. Rachel Rollins, U.S. Attorney for the District of Massachusetts, spoke during a press conference. The conduct in this case was something out of a Hollywood movie. Wealthy, entitled parents 
paying for their children to secure admission to colleges using fake test scores, falsified resumes, and even staged or photoshopped pictures. Singer pleaded guilty nearly four years ago to paying off entrance uh, exam administrators and coaches to get off an underserving students into elite schools with inflated test scores and bogus athletic credentials. Pope Francis is praising the late Pope Benedict XVI ahead of today's funeral services. 77 WABC's Noam Layton has a story. Leaders from around the world are in Rome for the funeral, including New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, who says Benedict helped make him who he is today. I can't claim to have been, you know, in his inner circle, that's for sure. But, boy, I treasured my time with him. I owe him a lot. He's the one that uh, appointed me to be Archbishop of New York. Benedict will be interred in a traditional Cypress casket and then carried into St. Peter's Square for the recital of the rosary. Pope Francis will preside over the funeral mass. More than 60,000 people expected to attend. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. Horror in Utah and Enoch. It's a small community south of Salt Lake City. Eight family members and five of them children found dead from gunshot wounds in their home Wednesday, according to authorities. Law enforcement hasn't revealed a potential motive for these killings. The victims were found when police did a welfare check. Police said they did not detect any threat to the public. Enoch's city manager, Rob Dotson, spoke to KSL-TV in Salt Lake City. We still are gathering uh, mountains of information to make sure that everything is done correctly. The feelings that are happening right now, are nobody can describe what they are for those Family members, uh, friends, neighbors, there's no words to describe what it feels like to this community. The investigation is ongoing. Suspected quadruple murder suspect Brian Koberger has been extradited back to Idaho, where the four murders of the college students he is accused of killing happened. Koberger is charged with four counts of first-degree murder. The 28-year-old could make his first court appearance later today. Michael Mancuso, first assistant district attorney in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, where Koberger was arrested, assured reporters that his office will be cooperating with Idaho authorities. I uh, would uh, hold our office at the disposal of the Idaho authorities um, to help facilitate a complete uh, background investigation into the defendant, um, both uh, activities prior to the murders occurring within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and his activities after the murders. Koberger's return to Idaho also means sealed case documents that could answer key questions will soon be released publicly. Koberger was a 28-year-old criminology doctorate student at Washington State University, just 10 miles from the University of Idaho. He was arrested at his parents' Pennsylvania home last week on an Idaho warrant. Koberger did not fight extradition. Well, the update now on Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin. He is still hospitalized in Cincinnati in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest mid-game Monday. Hamlin remains sedated on a ventilator as doctors work towards getting him to breathe on his own. Now, his uncle said oxygen has been decreased from 100 to 50 percent as they try to get him breathing on his own. Hamlin's representative, Jordan Rooney, spoke to ABC News. We've gotten good news. We heard from the doctors and what they were wanting to see from him overnight, they were pleased with. Uh, We don't know how long this medical journey is going to be for him, but right now things are moving in a positive direction. And the NFL has not yet said if the game will be resumed. The Ravens play the Bengals Sunday. The Bills host the Patriots both games at 1 p.m. 
Well, the most recent wave of job cuts in the tech center has reached e-commerce giant Amazon. Amazon said Wednesday that it'll be cutting about 18,000 positions, the largest amount of layoffs in the company's history. Amazon's global workforce has one and a half million employees. A number of companies rapidly expanded their workforce, just the opposite during the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. 77 WABC News Time 515. All right, Justin Alec in the sports seat. All right, Deb, here we go. Uh, got some local action here to get to uh, last night. We were on the ice. We were on the hardwood. Let's start on the hardwood here. The Knicks, they edge out the San Antonio Spurs at the Garden by a score of 117 to 114. The Knicks fell to the Spurs just about a week ago, but San Antonio head coach Greg Popovich was quick to point out pregame that point guard Jalen Brunson was inactive for the Knicks in that game, but... Brunson showed up in a big way last night, pouring in a career-high 38 points en route to the Knicks' third straight win since that loss in San Antonio. Julius Randle complimented Brunson well with 25 and 13 to his name as the Knicks will try and make it four straight W's in Toronto against the Raptors tomorrow night. As for the Nets, they fall 121 to 112 to the Bulls in Chicago, ending a 12-game win streak that saw them skyrocket in the Eastern Conference standings. Despite Kevin Durant's 44 points, Chicago simply outplayed New York, uh, or Brooklyn, I guess you should say, finished in the night with six different players scoring in double figures. Here was KD following the game on the rare loss as of late for Brooklyn. We definitely put our foot on the gas here in spurts and tried to make it a game, cut it to three, cut it to five a couple times. Uh, but they made shots, you know, the talent players, special players. So um, when you got your whole five and double figures, it's tough to stop that. The Nets will try and get right back in the win column tomorrow night when they visit the Pelicans in New Orleans. And on the ice last night, just one contest. The Devils, they rolled by the Red Wings in Detroit to the tune of a 5-1 to victory. Dougie Hamilton wasted no time with a slapper from the point on a second-period power play to open up the scoring. Ben Chirot will sit, and the Devils get their first power play of the evening. And with a face-off, Hamilton lines, shoots, scores! That didn't take long. A face-off win, a blast from Dougie Hamilton, and the Devils take a one nothing lead. And this was clean. That call courtesy of TNT. Nico Heischer, Alexander Holtz, and Jack Hughes also with the Lamford, New Jersey, as they now get set to host the St. Louis Blues tonight for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Also tonight on the ice, your blue shirts, they'll be out in Montreal, face the Canadians at 7 p.m., and the Islanders, they'll be out in Edmonton. we got a couple of Canadian games tonight out, uh, to face the Oilers at 9 p.m., so a little bit later on. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street shaking off the December Fed minutes released yesterday, a more hawkish tone than investors had expected. Still, all three major indexes finished higher. The Dow Jones Industrials up more than 130 points thanks to a late session rebound. The Federal Reserve forecasting interest rates to remain higher, a different stance than Wall Street had expected. The Fed stating it needs more evidence that prices are coming down before pausing their interest rate hikes. The Consumer Electronics Show underway today, the biggest tech trade show of the year. Brands like Sony, LG, and more will be showcasing new products. Corporate earnings season ramping up today. Walgreens reporting after the opening bell. Wall Street targeting a decline in annual earnings for Walgreens because of lower revenue. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
All right, Dow futures, the needle just ticking in the red this morning. The Dow down 19 points at 33,397. S&P down one and three quarter points. The NASDAQ down 13 and a quarter points. Gold down $5.60 an ounce. And crude oil up a buck 80, a barrel at $74.64. The WABC early news. 77 WABC news time at 520. New York City Mayor Eric Adams went on an epic rant Wednesday against predecessor former mayor Bill de Blasio's ex-aides for taking pot shots at him after leaving the Big Apple in total disarray. I am so tired of the previous administration and their antics. Marsha, we've been in office for one year, and I am hearing the previous administration attack us on Rikers. They wanted to see Rikers closed down, that they failed at. And during an unrelated news conference over in Brooklyn, Adams also contrasted de Blasio's former aides with those of previous mayors, saying people who work for previous mayors, Michael Bloomberg, David Dinkins, and Rudy Giuliani, had all called him saying, how can we help? And it's reported that a call for comment from de Blasio was sent to voicemail, after which the former mayor apparently called back accidentally and immediately hung up. A nurse's strike looming here in New York City. Negotiations for nurses at one New York City hospital are stalling as the threat of the strike hangs over the city come Monday. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. Leadership at Montefiore Hospital says the New York State Nurses Association has refused to come to an agreement despite offering an 18% wage increase, fully funded health care for life, and a significant increase in registered nurses. This impacts roughly 3,000 nurses at Montefiore while negotiations at six other hospitals continue. Hospitals are starting to prepare for those nurses to walk off the job next week by canceling elective surgeries and discharging patients as soon as they're cleared. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Well, an arrest has been made after a man tried to rape a woman on a subway train on the Upper West Side New Year's Day. Under arrest, 23-year-old Isaiah Benjamin. Police say he was arrested Wednesday on charges of attempted rape, sex abuse, forcible touching, and public lewdness. Police say that this suspect following an 18-year-old woman onto a southbound number two train at the 125th Street stop in Harlem, where this alleged incident occurred, a good Samaritan intervened with the suspect taking off at the 42nd Street stop. Well, you may want to put your Uber app in park this morning. Uber uh, drivers in New York City planning a second one-day strike. It's all over promised pay raises. Drivers were supposed to get a pay raise late last month, but Uber sued to stop that. Now those same drivers say they'll put their cars in park and walk the picket line. New York Uber drivers are small business owners. So when Eric Adams talks about the small business owners, they're talking about us. More than 80,000 drivers were set to make just over 7% more for each mile, but a court ruling blocked the raises. Uber says workers deserve to be paid fairly, but driver pay has already gone up more than 38% since 2019. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. A store employee shot. It happened during an attempted robbery inside of a smoke shop at 79 Clinton Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan last night. Police say the incident occurred about 6.30 p.m. Three men entered this exotic convenience store and took out multiple firearms, aiming them at store employees in an attempt to rob this shop. An anonymous eyewitness spoke to ABC7. I heard the shot, 
And as soon as I looked out the window, I see the guy that was shot crawling out of the store. He was on his side, crawling out of the store, trying to like also screaming, like call 911. A male employee shot in the lower back there. He was taken to an area hospital where he is expected to survive. And the store sells pipes and rolling papers, similar products. The suspects fled the scene in a dark colored sedan. Police say they will review these store surveillance cameras as the investigation is ongoing. Well, the NYPD investigating two new possible homicides reported this morning, one in Manhattan, the other over in the Bronx. Police say they found a 62-year-old man barricaded inside of an apartment at 669 East 5th Street, apartment number 28, after being called there on a wellness check last night. After gaining entry, police say they found a 60-year-old woman lying dead in the kitchen of apartment 28. She was pronounced dead at the scene by EMS and the man, meanwhile, taken to Maimonides Hospital for treatment and evaluation. So far, no charges have been announced in connection with that. And also, earlier yesterday, about midday, police responded to a 911 call of an unconscious person inside the Mott Haven houses at 350 East 143rd Street. A 38-year-old woman, now identified as Tatiana Gonzalez, was found unconscious and unresponsive. She was pronounced dead at New York City Health and Hospitals. Lincoln investigations are ongoing in connection with both of those cases. Well, a new Republican New York State Assemblyman took his seat in the House chamber up in Albany, New York, Wednesday, despite the threat of being blocked by Democrats who question whether or not he meets residency requirements. Lester Chang became the first Asian-American elected to represent Brooklyn's growing Chinatown area in the state assembly after defeating a longtime Democratic incumbent back on November 8th. Now, after the election, Democrats in control of the state assembly questioned whether or not Chang actually lived in Brooklyn for a year prior to Election Day, as required by law or here in Manhattan. Chang spoke a few weeks ago after his position in the state assembly was initially challenged. I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in a house that I live today. My family bought the house in 1972. That is 50 years. I am personally offended that anyone would challenge my honor and integrity. So Chang says his current residence is his Brooklyn childhood home, where he lives with his 95-year-old mother and visually impaired uncle. And while Assembly Democrats have debated whether Chang should be seated, they took no action on their first day of the new legislative session. Chang took his seat on the floor with his nameplate on his desk. Michael Weiland, a spokesman for Assembly Democrats, said action could still be taken uh, in the future. Chang, 61 years old, retired U.S. Navy reservist who worked in the global shipping industry. He defeated Assemblyman Peter Abate, who'd been in office for almost 36 years. TV personality Sharon Osbourne says the reason for her December hospitalization is still a mystery. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has more. Speaking on her show, Talk TV, the wife and former manager of rock star Ozzy Osbourne said it was a weird thing as she was filming and then suddenly passed out. Osbourne said her health team did every test over two days and nobody knows how she became ill. She added she is glad to be back and is, quote, doing well. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. If you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. 
Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.